Attention listeners, ahead are spoilers. Hello, and welcome to the Movie Trap. My name is Russell Carlson, and with me as always, Chris Boroff. Hey, everybody. I don't remember any uh, lines from the movie. No, real okay. Uh, and my other host, uh, <laughs> shawled host for the listeners, uh, Zach Powers. Hey, it's a commentary on violence or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the movie trap, one of the hosts you just met picks a theme, and then each of us picks a movie based on that theme. After we've watched all three movies, we then vote with a certain amount of allocated points, plus some bonus points we earn along the way, uh, to vote which one uh, we like the most. Uh, whichever movie wins that vote, that host gets to pick the next theme. Uh, long, long ago on the movie trap, I had won uh, the Zach's pit, uh, theme of movies we did in high school, and I have chosen sports movies as our theme. And the movie we are watching today is 1977's Slapshot. Um, mm. Yes, uh, we've done this before, way back in the way back film concussion days, but I don't care because this is a cult beloved uh, <laughs> cult movie for me. And uh, I know that uh, I didn't want to. I, I, I didn't want to pick a, I didn't want to do a wild bunch and just pick a really oh, great movie. It, it, it must have been before I joined the film yep. concussion because I do it not think been. I have ever seen uh, this yeah, movie before. Yeah, it had to have been. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, is this the first yeah, time you we saw it, Zach? Or is this uh, the second time? It is time. the first time I have seen this. It is the first know. time I've ever seen this movie. All right, well, there we have it. Uh, but before we get too much into the nitty gritty and the gooning and the, the hockey, uh, let's do a quick rundown of the points. As I said earlier, uh, each of us have 10 points for voting at the final episode, and each of us has three bonus points to give out for whatever reason we see fit. So we're all even across the board. It's a first round, uh, and that's where we have it. So, Zach, uh, why don't we get into 1977, George Roy Hill, Paul Newman, Slapshot. Yeah, uh, as mentioned, um, Slapshot is a 1977 uh, sports comedy. It's directed by George Roy Hill, uh, who is a common collaborator with Paul Newman. Uh, also, uh, The Sting and Butch Cassidy and The Sundance Kid was his uh, his work. Uh, stars Paul Newman, um, the man himself. Uh, it is the story of the Charleston Chiefs, uh, a hockey team in Charleston that uh, is uh, sort of languishing. They're having a... Um, a crappy, like, uh, middling to bad season where they're just kind of getting by off of the ticket sales from the the folks who work in the the mill right next to the, uh, you know, the, the stadium. Um, they do random shit for their owner, like fashion shows, and things seem to be more or less fine, I guess, if a little underwhelming. They're an underwhelming team. Um, but woe betide uh, them. The news comes down that uh, the, the mill is closing and their base, their audience will soon be out of work and unable to attend their hockey games, which spells bad times for the Charleston Chiefs. Uh, this happens just as they are receiving a new uh, batch of players. The Hanson brothers, three similar looking bespectacled kids, um, who seem not too bright, but very, uh, enthusiastic, I guess. Also, um, going around is, uh, is marital trouble. Uh, Braden, one of the team is having strife with his wife. It seems like they might be in the midst of a breakup. Uh, Dunlop is, has already been broken up with his wife at this point. Is that? Yeah. They're pretty much on yeah. the outs that, and he's yeah, sleeping around. They, they have been divorced. Yeah. Yeah. And they... Yeah. Well, no, they haven't been divorced yet. They have separated, and they're doing the time apart. And in the true '70s swinger fashion, everyone's just being cool, sleeping with whoever, and yeah. that's where their marriage is at at this point. <laughs> well, uh, one of um, one of Dunlop's conquests uh, one night uh, turns out to be uh, someone the the former wife of an opposing player uh, who uh, is played by Melinda Dillon. Played by Melinda Dillon. Yep. Uh, she reveals the reason that uh, that guy left her, uh, their marriage fell apart, is because she is bisexual. 
and had a relationship with a woman. Um, they're, they're not woke enough to say that, though. They just say that she's lesbian. They say a lot of different... <laughs> they say lesbian if you're lucky. Yes. If you're very lucky, yes. they say lesbian. Yes. Her I'll husband... going. Her husband was under the impression, and other people share this impression, that if you have sex with a bisexual woman or a lesbian, somehow you yourself become a homosexual. How that works, I am unclear, but uh, I guess it's catching in some way. Um, regardless, we'll talk about that more later, I'm sure. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> during we'll their be here all day with this fucking movie. <laughs> soon they're having they're playing a game against uh that particular guy who left his this woman, and Dunlop brings it up on the ice, instigating uh, a big fight. Um, and in fact, he finds that uh the crowd is enamored uh, of this big fight, and he sort of continues aggrieving other players at other matches and soon lets the Hanson brothers, their new acquisitions on the ice and finds they have a true skill for violence. Um, and increasingly their team becomes kind of a farce where the only thing that is drawing crowds is the guarantee that the chiefs will get into uh, hyper violent brawls on the ice. Um, and they become increasingly sort of uh, intense uh, happening before the game. At one point, uh, the Hanson brothers go so hard on, uh, I believe it, um, I believe it's an umpire or a referee. I should say, what am I saying? A referee. Referee. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Momentary mix up in my brain that the cops, you can tell why I picked the sports themes folks. Yeah. I don't know. We got a lot of, I do It's okay. I would do the same thing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they go on a ref, go hard in a referee and even uh, fans start throwing bottles at them and they go into the stands and start beating fans trying to find the guy who did it, resulting in the cops coming for them. Um, but uh, Paul Newman seems to talk their way. No, they, they actually do get sent to prison and have to get them bailed out. Yeah. Um, Braden has to bail them out. Yeah. Um, so eventually uh dudlop sees this violence and this spectacle as the route to saving the team and maybe getting them teed up for a sale uh, to a potentially um interested buyer he sort of uh you know is uh, along with uh, the old man who owns the team trying to figure out if they can possibly save them uh and send them off to florida he plants this story with like the local news reporter with dickie dunn and yeah like out of nothing. And then it just sort of kind of becomes this sort of myth of this oncoming sale of the chiefs to some retirement community in Florida. So he gets the, uh, eventually, uh, as, as eventually all the, all the while Bryden's, uh, he's unhappy with this spectacle on the ice. Um, he like, uh, at one point even goes up to, uh, uh, the uh, announcer's box and sort of decries it on the air and accidentally causes more violence and more spectacle in the process. He's ready to fully leave the team. Uh, it becomes even worse when, you know, Dunlop uses his failing spousal uh, issues against him to try and goad him into getting in on the fight. Um, uh, eventually, you know, his wife fully leaves. Dunlop uh, runs into his uh, partner on the street and tries to convince her, like, he seemingly thinks this is going to be a big break for him and they can both together move to Florida. But it's very clear she is like, I'm leaving. I'm I'm moving away. This relationship is is quite finished. Um, but nonetheless, uh, Dunlop blackmails the old man into giving him the name of the proper owner of the team. Um, uh, using sexual blackmail, I guess. Uh and then he goes and visits her. Um, and she yeah, well, says... He, he specifically threatens to out the guy with a fake gay claim, which is the yeah, specific he's gonna, thing. That's he's going to say, lever. he's going to announce that he's a cross-dresser or something uh, in secret. Yeah. Um, so Dunlop meets the actual owner, a woman named Anita McCambridge, um, who, who says, yes, there is some perspective in selling the team at this point. Their value has risen, but ultimately it'd be cheaper just to do a tax write-off and let the team fold. Um, more profitable, anyway. Uh, uh, Dunlop is not happy with this. Um, he tells her her son is going to be gay and leaves. Um, 
Um, he says it in a very colorful fashion, though. Like, yeah. it's not just... Whenever you're saying this, Zach's being very polite and PC, and I I'm appreciate so that. I'm so embarrassed for this we movie. Live, we live in a time period where we could be canceled for the things being said. However, um, yeah, they throw the kid possibly being gay at some point in the future out like it's a hand grenade as he's leaving the room. <laughs> and it's a weird vibe. It's a real weird vibe with this movie. Uh, Dunlop tries to get Braden to come back. He goes to where he lives and kind of, you know, Braden not wanting to see him, uh, shouts that he's done with the violence thing, that he wants Braden to come back. Unclear if this works as they set off for the championship game. Um, but once they arrive, uh, to face their main rivals, Syracuse, they discover that they have been replaced with a bunch of ringers. Uh, the most hyper-violent hockey players over the past several years. And true to his word, uh, Dunlop convinces the team that instead of engaging with the fighting that is going to go down, the other team immediately going after them, they're going to try and play a clean game, um, which they attempt to do for a while uh, as the other team beats the ever-loving crap out of them until Bryden shows up and goes out on the ice and just kind of begins to strip. And this enrages one of the uh, one of the Syracuse team members so much that uh, he tries to get the referee to stop it. The referee uh, is like, this whole thing's a farce. Why should I stop this? And the guy uh, beats up the referee, causing that team to be disqualified and giving them the championship cup. Uh, and the team follows Bryden off uh, off the ice, carrying the cup. Uh uh, and finally, at the end, in a uh, sort of celebratory parade, it's revealed that Dunlop has taken a, a job to be a player coach uh, of a team in Minnesota, and he's going to try and bring the whole team with him. And that's more or less the story of Slapshot. Yeah. More uh, or less. Yep. One thing to throw out, this, this is a stacked uh, cast. However, Michael Antkeen is the naked man at the end. He's the... Uh, Ed Braden. Yep, best yeah. known from this and Twin Peaks. The only two things I know. Sure, Harry from. Truman. Yep, yep sure. Harry, Harry Truman, Truman himself. Um, yeah, no, you know, like, so it's, I guess we, well, it's easier to jump into just, like, how problematic this movie is when it comes to the homophobia and the misogyny um, and then towards the end, the not so subtle cultural appropriate racism, um, uh, you know, with, uh, the little scalps or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't help. I mean, they are called the chiefs from the beginning. So right there. Sure. Um, sure. But at least uh, that, like, I don't know, they could be police chiefs. It's, you, know, you, know, you know, like, um, so, uh, I, there's, there's a lot of that and not just like the, I mean, like it's foul language. It's, I mean, like they, everybody talks yeah. like they're in a locker room most of the time and um, I, I'll, I'll admit that early on uh, when they first introduced the bisexual woman she's presented fairly sympathetically and i'm like okay the language is outdated but it doesn't seem like necessarily yes. uh the sort of handling is but as it goes on there is no other point yeah. at which there is sympathetic handling of, yeah, yeah it, yeah, it kind no, of abandons was... that pretty strange it's also uh actors do a lot of work over their careers but seeing melinda Dillon, who is also i believe the kid's mom in close encounters of the third kind in this in that character role was a little bit surprising um just because it's i forget how young everybody is in this so for instance lindsey krauss is in this uh favorite from mm -hmm. our other uh the space alien movie we watched communion where she Correct. was so angry Correct. at her husband. Um, All the time. Yep. But yeah, Melinda Dillon, uh, after this, generally plays very uh, uh, clean characters, clean-cut characters, not anything uh, close to this edgy again. Even though this isn't really edgy, this is just a lady who happens to be gay, and that was mind-blowing for people at the time for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, and at least it's, I think Zach's right that, like, it kind of starts out that being, like, okay, it's not necessarily that she's a bisexual, that's the thing. It's her husband's violent reaction to that fact. And that Paul Newman just sort of uses that against him. Eh, it could yeah. be worse. At least it's the, the, the guy who gets enraged who's the asshole here, right? But then as the movie goes on, it, it does make it very clear. No, 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 they're just making jokes about it because they're easy jokes. 
Um, and, and, and that's and, that's that's the problem with this movie. And is we'll that... say there's something to be said about this briefly. That uh, I don't know. There's this constant issue when talking about things about of like this of a time of judging a time the thing happened with the thing always that was always wrong. Like you'll run into this when you talk about say early America and like some of the things that happened then and the the norms of the time versus the fact that this was clearly a wrong thing. Um, and you know, what have you. And, and, and this is an interesting case, I think, because by this time, well before this movie was made, in fact, like in 1968, 1960s, Paul Newman was very, very vocally a supporter of gay rights. Like, he openly was like, I support gay rights. I support the right to get married. Uh, he said, quote, I'm not a closet supporter. From the time I was a kid, I have never been able to understand attacks upon the gay community. There are so many qualities that make up a human being. By the time I get through all the things I really admire about people, what they do with their private parts is so low on the list that it is irrelevant. So he's pretty, for the 1960s, even for now, that's pretty resounding. Sure. And so he did take this script and he did take these things. So I... It's difficult to say how the the aspect of time changing plays on this. Well, it's a problem because in a lot of the stuff, people at the time, I don't think connected their language with how people were treated. Yes, so I think that might be like, true. Well, just take a joke. These guys are just salt of the earth hockey players. And it's like, well, true. However, uh, you're also got a whole gaggle of people watching these hockey players and a lot of them are thinking this is cool and they're now using those terms and things like that. And a couple of the more, I mean, and, maybe, and Dunlop is kind of a dick. So that's part of it. Um, He's a con man. I mean, yeah. like it's, this is, uh, this is the, what the, the, the Paul Newman is one of my favorite actors, not just for him as a human being. Cause he was very, you know, enlightened and, you know, proud, you know, enemies of Richard Nixon and what have you. Um, but what he he did have a type of character he enjoyed playing, and that's usually unscrupulous people. Like, sure. It's usually his his forte. It's what he is drawn to as an actor. And it's interesting. Yeah, this is such a and 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 you. I think it's almost easier for that character to read in like a drama, right? Like in the Hustler or something. If this guy's an asshole, it's like this is a drama. We're not supposed to be laughing at the things this guy says or does necessarily. We're supposed to think they're horrible. We are, I think, maybe supposed to be laughing when he blackmails that guy being like, remember when I saw you cross-dressing? That could come out. Well, Strother yeah. Martin is playing it for the joke. I mean, Strother yeah. Martin is leaning into the joke, which, again, I've got to shout out Strother Martin, dude. That guy is one of the greatest American character oh, yeah. actors of all time. I love that man. He's great. He's worked with Paul Newman a bunch of times because he was in, uh, he's fa one of his most famous roles is Cool Hand Luke, um, you know, and he has one of the most famous scenes in that famous movie. Um, but yeah, Strother Martin's been a staple of Western, like he was in Man of Liberty. I love Strother Martin, but in this movie, he's great because he's working with like, it's just one-on-one -on -one with him and Newman. Um, and so like, they're very comfortable with each other. Newman's such a, a, a giving performer. Um, for, and, it, and it should be said too, that this movie was not really Hollywood and nor were there any, a lot of Hollywood actors in this other than like, but most of the, most of the characters you meet are not necessarily actors. Um, and that's why I think Paul Newman always liked this movie is because I think he liked being around like hockey players and it made him sure. sort of like draw out a better performance and, and sort of like get into it more. I think that's why he enjoyed hanging around. It was, it was shot in Pennsylvania, you know, so like it's, and, and, and for the most part, the, the characters that they are in the movie were the characters that Nancy Dowd, the writer kind of based him off of because originally this whole movie started out as um, a, a, as a documentary almost. You know, Nancy Dowd had just moved back to just some reason to because she grew up here, and her her brother uh, was a hockey player who played for the Jonestown Jets. Now, Jonestown is where they're all shooting. Johnstown, excuse me, where they're all shooting this stuff, and the Jets <laughs> were the team that the Chiefs <laughs> were were. Yeah, not Jonestown, Jesus, uh, <laughs> Diana. Um, anyway, um, they. So the team was about to fold, and this was sort of like Nancy Dowd was around with like a tape recorder, basically driving around on the bus with a bunch of these guys and got really close with them. And George Roy Hill kind of said, oh, well, this is kind of a good screenplay. Why don't we just make it into a, a fun comedy? And that's mm -hmm. what you see today. But even her brother, Ned Dowd, is Ogie Oglethorpe. I mean, and, and the Carlson brothers were 
famous for their antics on the ice. Like this was a lot of this was kind of yep. how it was, you know. So uh, I mean, this and, is and that's why I not I. This is why I can't really. The reason I'm not giving it a pass as far as the misogyny and the homophobia and all that jazz. But if you don't think your favorite athlete talks this way or acts this way, I've got some really bad news for you. <laughs> Jokes on you, Russell. I don't yeah. have a favorite athlete. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, wow. That's fair. Yeah, actually, now that you, you know what? some of that, it the only me. the athlete I like the most is probably uh, the only reason I like athletes is for their non-athletic stuff. So it might be Colin Kaepernick, who probably doesn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, here, I thought you were going to come um, out as a strong Roy Cohn fan. Um, or uh, Roy, Roy Cohn, Roy, oh, Roy, yeah. Roy the Cohn. Ron. Cohn? Oh, okay. Roy, Roy Cohn was um. Roy Cohn was a political Ty fixer. They're, they're, hey, hey, but the difference between Ty Cobb and Roy Cohn is not that different. They're pretty close in terms of. Uh, anyway, uh, so what I want to say is a trickster, trickster hero. Uh, that's what dawned on me about um, our boy uh, Newman in this. He plays the trickster hero, and it's sort of funny because he keeps doing things that you don't expect. Mm -hmm. However, the movie's really loose in its, like, weird 70s vibe, so it doesn't feel like there's a strong, like through line to scenes it's just kind of like people show up and shit just happens and people are talking and things are occurring and you meet the brothers and then it has that weird robert altman thing where everybody's talking at once when you walk into a room you're like i don't know what anyone's saying i don't know why you're saying it at the same time to the point that i off there were multiple times when i was watching this movie where it took me a minute to realize we were in a new scene like because the <laughs> yeah. cuts are so abrupt and you're just like in a new look like when they go to the fashion show i was like oh is this like happening nearby what is this and then it's like oh this is this is later the game is just over and this is later and that happened a couple other times where i yeah. didn't realize shots were like a different scene until like five to ten seconds later yeah and, it, and it's, that's that i think the even stranger part about this movie um, even though it's it, it's not really it's more of a cult movie than anything else as far as like its success and legacy. Um, but the, the pedigree on this movie is pretty remarkable. George Roy Hill, Paul Newman, Strether Martin, of course, but Dee Dee Allen, the great Dee Dee Allen's the one who edited this movie. Um, you know, she must like, have had her work cut out for. Her. Yeah. no. Well, and that's why I think they kind of shot it. I think this was meant to kind of be shot like kind of a documentary almost. But boy, there's a lot of stylized dolly shots on the ice and. Um, that's, I, I, I appreciate that movie. That's why I, this movie has such a legacy in hockey culture. Uh, it, and, and, and I don't know, I, I can kind of guess why, uh, part of it, cause when it came out, most of the hockey world was kind of derided this movie cause they didn't like the, well, that's, you know, that's, that's that minor league brawling shit. We don't do that in the, in the NHL puff, 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 which is complete bullshit, you know, cause at the same time you had the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, uh, Mike Milbury is literally famous for going into the stands and beating a Rangers fan with his own shoe. Uh, and he gets a job at, on NBC back when they had the hockey. So like, Man, it's, that Mike, he's such a goon. Take that guy off the ice. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, yeah. I have no idea who that is. But see, And then he goes back to, but then he, he was a Boston Bruin, right? So then he goes back to Boston. He's heralded as a hero. They'll make a fucking parade for that guy. You know, so that's, this this movie, and, and, and so much so that they're showing like, you know, like, peewee hockey kids like this movie like this is how endeared this is throughout hockey culture and this is where i think that Borf, i think you bring it up a good point about that words like this just integrated into it normalizes toxic behavior towards uh oppressed people especially people who are vulnerable and especially in the 70s um you know like i it there's there's a lot that I personally have to like kind of apologize for, for being a fan of this stupid fucking movie. Um, part of it is just because I myself am a hockey fan. Part of it is just because of Paul Newman, but um, you kind of, there's almost like a punch card when you're a hockey fan that like, well, have you seen Slapshot? And you know, then they go from there. And I remember when I first watched this, when I first became a, a true blue hockey fan with the Avs won a cup back in 2001, and there is a lot that has to be apologized for this movie. So that's mainly what I wanted to bring up that like, Hockey culture is better to not worship this movie as much as it does. But that being said, there is a lot to like about this movie if you're a hockey fan. Because again, it's it's still permeated throughout. The, the Toronto Maple Leafs still play that that song when they win a game. Um, and that's the most 
hockey club of all hockey clubs. Which song? In, uh, the the song. The, it's all right. And it's oh, going, I got gotcha. you. That song. Yeah. It's it's so it's so associated with hockey that like, and it's because of this fucking movie. It's weird. It, it's just weird how it's lasted beyond more than twenty years. It's crazy. I mean, with a hockey movie like this, is it? Um, how? far from reality is it because i went to one hockey game at one time and the guys fought and the only other two i'm gonna say hockey movies that i have to reference are like uh goon which we chatted about off air mm-hmm. and yeah right cutting edge <laughs> the one with huh. db okay, Swe- yeah, sweeney no. and moira kelly where db sweeney is the hockey player and he learns how to figure skate. That's all I know about that. And that was almost going to be yep. my pick for a sports movie until I got a really good one. So <laughs> count yourselves lucky. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad for that. Um, and I think that that's another reason why uh, it's endured so long is because uh, the list of hockey movies is not long and the list of good hockey movies is even shorter. Um, so that's why another reason why I think this movie just lasted as long as it does because of lack of options. Possibly the only hockey movie I've ever seen is The Mighty Ducks. In fact, I've probably seen the three Mighty Ducks. I think I've seen all three of them (laughs) as a child. And I think that's it. I think those are the only hockey movies I've literally ever seen. What are good hockey movies? Because there's this one, Mighty Ducks, Goon. Uh, I I like Goon's a good one. Goon is kind of the spiritual success. Well, I mean, that's that. There's hockey in it. That's like there's hockey and Running Man. Doesn't make it a hockey movie. Uh, true, but like I'll, I think uh, Miracle Miracle's probably a good one with Kurt Russell. The the Miracle on Ice story, the Disney movie. Although they they Disneyfied uh, Herb Brooks's language for sure because he's talked like Paul Newman in this movie. That's how that guy oh. talked. Um, mm-hmm. that's how they all you put a microphone on any one of any professional athlete they're gonna talk like this they're gonna say the they're gonna say fuck after every word that's that's what they do uh that's just how they are and and, and that's why it's remarkable to me that like we put these athletes up on these like moral standings and like role models to kids and shit and why do we do that well, why i could give two shits if somebody says fuck a lot like yeah who i cares? don't care either uh, I think the 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 casual homophobia is an, is a sticking point for me, but you know, like if if somebody says fuck every third word, I could care less. I don't, right? Yeah, you know, that's. I kind of wonder how those played at the time, to be honest, too, because I'm wondering like when people saw this, like with the with the movie Bad News Bears, sort mm-hmm. of the gag with that was that you had children using really foul language. Sure. I'm wondering in this one, there's so much odd foul language used that's usually in a shocking fashion like when uh paul newman's talking to the real owner and he says something really rude to her on his way out the door and you're like oh my god he's totally bucking the system he's a wild man um i kind of wonder if people at the time were picking up on how offensive what was being said was and that was part of the gag for them or if they were just like ah this is fine we this is just normal for us I don't know. I mean, I, I, cause I think if this movie is going to say it, I don't think it's necessarily condemning that worldview. I think it's mainly punching down for a joke. I, I think if they're trying to, if they're trying to antagonize you with sort of like reverse psychology, it's with violence. Um, I think if they're, if they're, tr- if, if, if the movie's trying to like kind of beat you over the head with something, it's that, uh, violence is kind of killing hockey and it's it's gonna keep being a problem we might as well just be a circus show um, well, like... and i think that that's that's the point of the movie and it's not very subtle about it i don't think well... there's a lot of you know you can't because the characters themselves outside of newman aren't even ned Braden. there's not a lot of depth to these characters you don't really get um you know there's not a lot of like motivation behind them out of that and just being hockey there's a little bit with ned Braden with his wife and stuff but you don't really get what the actual problem between the two of them is other than that she doesn't want to fucking be in that town anymore yeah. um, well, i mean one thing you do get with ned Braden though that's a little deeper is that he specifically doesn't want to commit to violence and yeah. you also find out that he doesn't need hockey like he went to college and this is something he is doing uh, right. by choice so that was kind of a weird thing like i liked in the movie, I really liked the fact that his character's coda and the moment when it comes down to the wire where it's like, your wife showed up, and it, they kind of play it up. I don't quite know what all's on the line for him in the last sequence. I just know that he's supposed to go outside on the ice. His wife has shown up. 
He's supposed to do something, but he doesn't want to hit people. But then he goes out and he starts mm -hmm. stripping. The stripping, I like that more than anything else in the movie. I thought that that was just like perfect. Because yeah. it was a movie that's like so decked in homophobia to have one guy just go out and be like, you know what? I'm just going to get naked on the ice and I'm going to make y'all deal with it. And he just dances around. He does a full strip tease. It is, uh, he is owning it, I would say. It's not something where it's like, oh, I'm afraid that people will think that I'm gay or that people will feel that I'm emasculated. He just goes out there, gets bare-assed, dances around on the ice, and then wins the whole game, basically, by just breaking the rules in a very strange fashion. Um, Non-violently. That was the thing. Yeah. Like the character saw what he had, figured out what to do, and then figured out a solution that just happened to be get naked on the ice. Well, I mean, he's kind of he takes Paul Newman's advice in the very first game when he when he uh, gets into the the goaltender's head, uh, you know, Hanneran or whatever, and he says to him, "No, you twist with them, you fuck with them," and and that's what Brayden ends up doing. Okay, I could twist with them, I could fuck with them, but I don't have to, you know. That's funny. I didn't even bash their I didn't even connect in. that those two um, probably were like teased together. That's funny. Well, I mean, because that's if you think about it, that's what Newman's doing. That's what Dunlop's doing to his own team. He's fucking with them. I mean, the, there's that whole sequence with him and and, and Carlson, Killer Carlson. Um, uh, you know, I love that name, by the way. Um, they, uh, you know, where he's like, because Newman in this movie, he, he's younger. It's 1977, but we're still, this is still later, kind of later day Newman. Um, so he's kind of older and he's kind of doing this whole speech about like, oh, I'm you know, the, the, the guys all laugh at me out there. I'm too, I'm too old to be playing this to, to Carlson, who clearly is just like this sycophantic little puppy who just like loves being around this sort of like kind of has been legend. Um, and then, you know, totally provokes a guy on the ice to call him washed up and killer Carlson does his killer Carlson thing. It goes crazy. Um, and then that whole stitching thing, like I, that's what I, what shocked me when I was a kid was how violent it was. I, they warned me it was violent, but I was like, wow, this is pretty ridiculous um uh, i think it and, has, i i really did some in regards to the violence i think this movie really wants to have its cake and eat it too kind yeah. of a lot oh very true very yeah. true yeah it's it's it, it's it's it does because like the thrust of a lot of the comedy is in the violence you know so you can't have that be the whole fuel of your movie and then by the end of it say like well you're monsters for liking it um you know and that that yeah. i i kind of agree with you too zach i'll give you a point for that I think it worked better. It, I'm going to have to compare these films because I only have another hockey film similar to this to compare it to. Um, uh, Goon. I really like Goon. I think Goon does that. Goon is, again, it's, it's very much kind of in this style of because it also follows another minor league hockey team mm -hmm. and a guy whose literally only skill on the ice is to fuck people up um, and kind of gets famous for it and goes pro with it. That one kind of has the same message as Slapshot, and I think even does it a little better uh, than yeah. Slapshot. I was going to say that, because it seems like in that one, the focus is way more on the fact that violence is ruining hockey and that people shouldn't be committed to that because it's like, you don't need like an entire locker room of broken men uh, to have a game that you can enjoy. So, you know, that was an odd thing in this. Like the guys all kind of get beat up, but no one has like permanent uh, injuries really. <laughs> Which I right. guess would slow down a comedy, but it's just like they get slapped around and then they're back at it. And the it resolution also... is definitely very much like, I mean, they give them this happy ending that really just feels like it's like, well, we'll just throw this in in the last scene. They're going to Minnesota. Well, All right. But it, yeah, but it's even not totally a happy ending. Like you still have like it. I'm not sure if they planned on a sequel with this, but it seems like they're teasing something with his wife and whether she's going to come or not. Uh, and they leave it ambiguous, which if they didn't plan on a sequel, I think it's cool to leave that ambiguous. If they did plan on a sequel, they shouldn't have gone with Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the sequel didn't happen until much later. I mean, there was talks at the time when Slapshot came out that they were going to do a spinoff with just the Hansons. Uh, but the Hansons still wanted to play hockey, so they kept going Are with Are they their real hockey career, players? They were. They were no. most of most of most of the most of the. They are the Carlson were, brothers. I mentioned yeah. this in the chat. Those are yeah. the Carlson brothers, Correct. which I assume like a hockey movie starring the Carlson brothers, who are extremely similar looking, was like, oh, okay, well, what the fuck is going on here? Right, but like one of them has a different wrong. last name. Hansen. It's two Carlsons and a Hansen. Hansen yeah, so was a a player. Movie, who they got, all have the last name Hansen, though. They, that's right. But one of them, the actor 
actually is a Hanson. That's his last name. He was a teammate of See, theirs. Chris, the sometimes Hansen in movies, injured. actors play roles where their name is different from their yeah, name in real reversed. life. You guys kept saying I know. I, what's even weirder. I, like, they're all called the Hanson the original in the movie, so I was very I, confused. I know it. And especially when the actors playing the Hansons are called Carlson, and then you have another player on there called Killer Carlson, it gets even weirder. Um, yeah. Not going to lie, not a lot of variety in hockey names. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of, you know, ziggies. And, you know, like, that's I mean, that's my hockey. assumption now is that everyone who likes or is involved with hockey has Carlson as a name. That's what in my some form is. or spelling, you know, my in some, it's either with a K, two S's. You never see what with an E-N, though. That's one of these days. If that ever happens, I'm buying that jersey. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's it. I think when it comes to violence in hockey, like, it, it, in actuality, I mean, being a hockey fan now, like, it is not the same. It is not even close to when I was even growing up as a hockey fan because, you know, the Avs Red Wing rivalry was super violent and it was you know and it was called the dead puck era for a reason because everybody would just concentrate on fuck it you know like any sort of retaliatory and then it was just like a bench clearing thing that is largely stopped a lot of it is because of like we found out that oh people getting hit in the head all the time maybe not all that great um yeah. you know like that's that it's it's become more of a speed skill game which is i love it I, I wish it fair win but it's it is better but it's still i mean it's still a physical game but it's not near the violence isn't nearly what it was uh even in the 90s you know even in the late 90s early 2000s because once the the lockout happened everything kind of changed and again now it is much more and 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 F, i i think sports in general has changed from this era from the 70s in general i mean like guys drinking and smoking in between periods or intermission breaks was not that uncommon, you know, even on the professional level, you know, you wouldn't see that now uh, because they'd be like, you're going to be fucking burnt by the time we have to get back on the ice. What the hell is wrong with you? Um, But that was how it was for a long time. So you mentioned lockout, which I'm not familiar with, but I do remember in college there was some mm-hmm. issue where they yep. went cold they went dark canceled for like a, a whole year season someone got beat canceled real the bad. whole season no oh no 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 they just canceled a whole season because they didn't want to pay players and it was a lockout and stupid um, oh so that's happens a lot with, with violence for some reason at the time i just no, no. You screaming that guy's a goon and you flipped a chair okay i know that's which one you're talking about i will watching hockey very very <laughs> Very, very quickly. This was okay. Very, very quickly. We were the, at Colorado Avalanche, who's my favorite hockey team. We're playing the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, it was a postseason game. Um, Vancouver Canuck asshole Todd Bertuzzi uh, basically ends the career of Steve Moore by falling on his back and pressing his elbow into the small of his neck, paralyzing him. Uh, he got suspended for a full year. Uh, but uh, and there were criminal charges. It was really bad because like there was a whole bunch of. Is that know, guy still the, paralyzed? Steve... Oh yeah, Steve Moore's very much paralyzed. He never played again. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked up. So Todd Bertuzzi is the son of a bitch, and he can go to hell. And he never lifted a cup. So uh, and then I hope his nephew never does either because he plays for the fucking Red Wings. Um, anyway, that's Russell's fandom. Uh, so yeah, that's why I uh, minor league hockey has used to have a lot more violence in the 70s minor league hockey was really famous for it it was it was almost like wrestling pretty much because nowadays minor league teams are kind of more or less farm systems for the pros i don't think that was necessarily the case back in that day uh that you know minor leagues were kind of associated with professional teams to be like their rookie training camps so uh, even even sports in minor league today isn't even what it was back then Well, um, I don't know shit about shit in regards to sports, so I'm going to take your word that's for it. That's why I chose this theme, boys. Um, um, yeah, no, that's why it's. And, but I also, I also wanted to talk about like, because I think the the movie does go into like a lot of the subplot of the economic decline around the town, and I do think that they were trying to kind of encapsulate the '70s kind of depression kind of happening with manufacturing jobs um, and how a lot of these steel towns were kind of going out. My own hometown, even Pueblo, yeah. kind of. Um, kind of fell victim to that too. Yeah, and a lot of these places never yeah. really recovered. 
Gary, Indiana was the same thing. Like <laughs> having Bethlehem Steel and all that go out, suddenly all these dudes that were very working class dudes didn't have anything to do. So things like hockey and really violent like sports games kind of became way more popular all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but then it goes away, you know, because like then you can't really afford to go to the Saturday night hockey game. Yeah. Um, and, and also, let's face it, hockey is not all that popular in the United States. This is a fact. Uh, you know, it's, it's way more popular in Canada, a lot more popular in Canada, um, but not, not really ever popular here. That's why, like, so NHL is now on these two major networks, and it's kind of funny because they're like, they'll, they, TNT is Wayne Gretzky. And if anybody has heard anything about hockey, they at least heard the name Wayne Gretzky. But they're like, if you don't know, let me introduce the man, Wayne Gretzky. If you don't, I'm like, okay, there's this guy is Wayne Gretzky. It's not like, you know, it, Michael Jordan, who's that guy? Never heard of him. Don't know. You know, yeah. what did he, football, golfer? I don't know. Well, Wayne Jordan. Gretzky, I know him from the box covers and from a Nintendo game. Yep. Did you you remember that cartoon with, uh, it was like nope. Gretzky and Jordan and Bo Jackson? No memory. No memory. That, that happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's why I, I, I think that part of this, legacy and to hockey culture is that there's just not that many the it, it's a small menu to pick from so yeah how i mean many, how many of these actors were actually hockey players because i mean i know there's a good number a pretty, of them it's a pretty stacked cast for like character actors and like brad sullivan is in this who's a character actor that i absolutely love he plays yeah. a pervert in this he usually is just in the background playing like a straight laced dude in this he's a straight up pervert it's pretty great um, uh, but I noticed e. the Marshall actors... is Dickie Dunn, you know, mm -hmm. you know, legendary character actor. Yeah. But like, was the French guy really an actor? Yep. Or was he? Nope. Okay. He was a he was a hockey player. Okay. Yep. Uh, I let's see. A I... lot of them were raw performances. It felt very like neo realist. I'll say because it was I, just they, they used a lot of non like the part. Uh, they used a lot. Uh, George Roy Hill, uh, shocker, didn't know that much about hockey. Uh, so part of and and. And even so, he was having a hard time finding actors who could skate. Uh, so he pretty much had to pick from just local talent around that town. And a lot of that talent was the local hockey team. I read that, um, in fact, related to that, that uh, uh, Al Pacino was interested in playing the role of Reggie Dunlop. <laughs> and George Roy Hill was like, can he ice skate? Can he ice skate? And eventually uh, passed on him for, for Newman. I think a better choice going with Newman. Newman, no. for one, he 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 loves hockey. He played it when he was uh, younger, apparently, so he could skate. Um, so he like had appropriate a, age too. True, and 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 if I'm honest, I think he's he's a better actor for this role than than Pacino would be. Pacino's too high strung to kind of be like a smooth talking con man that you kind of need Dunlop to be. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's too high strung, and yeah, I think even age wise, I think like I think. 77 Pacino. I think he's he's quite a bit younger, you know, right? Yeah, that's cruising era Pacino. Yeah, he, right. Yeah, like exactly. Young, handsome man era Pacino. Like he's a dude you could believe would still be playing hockey, not about to retire. Yeah. Yeah, ex exactly. So that's I mean, and again, like it's not that hard to to fake playing baseball or getting sun doubles to play uh football or whatever. Hockey's different because they got to be on the ice. They got to be on skates. You know, like they got to at least be able to stand up on their own and do some and follow some sense of direction. You know, um, you, and 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 playing hockey even in 1977 still like kind of you you work for it. You, it's a fast paced game, um, not as fast paced as it is today because you know back then they might as well just use sticks and pine cones and shit because um, you know they didn't even wear helmets. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, that so, was surprising. Like, a couple it, scenes where people are just getting slammed and no one has a helmet on, and I'm like, "Ooh, yeah, you are gonna have yeah. a brain injury, sir." Yeah, I, I, that to my point again. It's a rule now in the NHL. If your helmet's off, you're off the ice. You you have to leave the ice. If your helmet comes off for any reason, you have to leave the ice. Now, funny how fighting still happens. Hmm. Anyway, uh, you know, um, yeah. So it's it, yeah. I, it's just it, the the movie has endured because of that despite its very problematic uh, legacy uh, of not just the, the homophobia, the misogyny, but indeed the violence. Um, so it's, yeah, but again, Paul like, Newman rules. So it's, how do you guys feel about this movie? If it was remade, like what would you guys have the initial gut response? If someone tried to remake this, why? Uh, 
I don't know. I guess I would. Um, I I probably would be like, I, I don't know that I'd have much of a response, to be honest. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'd particularly care. Okay. Uh, I probably I just... <laughs> wouldn't see it. I wouldn't see it unless it got really good reviews. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it, you know, like Goon, they made a sequel to it. I didn't go see it. Cause like, why, why, why you don't have to, you know, make another hockey movie. Good luck. Um, but like, uh, do that by all means and that's the thing like you know because most of the time like part of the reason why hockey i don't believe is really caught on in the united states unlike other sports is that whenever you listen to any of these athletes talk they're really boring you know they're really like wayne gretzky like there's a there's a there's a video clip of him on youtube trying to say one line 40 times and it's bo knows hockey that's the only line he has to say and he can't fucking do it (laughs) you know like it's just it, 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 it's hard to get any personality out of it. So that's why this movie kind of endures, at least for hockey fans, because like it's kind of peeling back that layer of like kind of savvy PR protectionism and kind of, oh, wait, they're just normal, uh, you know, shit talking guys, gambling on a bus, you know, drinking and halftime or whatever. Look at me. Yeah. The, halftime the bus, and hockey. The bus thing concerned me the whole movie long. I was expecting a crash, I was expecting oh, yeah. everyone to just die. <laughs> Oh, there's a few other. Yeah. So uh, we, I didn't mention there's a lot of groupies that follow him around that they're always like getting involved with. Whatever. That's fine. It, you know, uh, whatever. Booster club. Yeah. The weird thing is they get these fans. They get an increasing number of fans. At least one of the fans who appears, I think, a couple of times is like fully a Nazi. Yeah. There's just I, a guy. I had to ask you guys about yeah, that. That, that, that was actually. That was actually the first time I caught that because I actually watched this uh, with Sarah uh, because uh, Sarah loves Paul Newman too and she's seen it before. But I actually, Sarah's the one who caught that. I had never actually caught that beforehand. That is actually not one of, that's their fucking bus driver who's wearing that helmet. It's, it's, it's. Oh, he's not, it's not just a helmet. He's got a swastika on his shirt. He's got the SS thing on his helmet. fucking helmet on. Yeah, right. Uh, It's weird. It's the same guy. He's the one who's like hammering the bus. Making it look mean. Make it look mean. So did he just think that looking like a Nazi made him look mean as opposed to just hateful? <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, if you're, if you definitely see a guy driving it with, you think, well, they're the bad guys, you know? So that's, it, it, it's, I, I kind of watch it. Well, it, it's just them hyping up that villainy to, you know, epic proportions. I mean, I mean, I guess it makes sense. In the 80s, you would see, like, Nazi arm patches on punk kids to just upset people. Sid Vicious Vicious wore a swastika more than a few times. I think some of the... There were were some bikers that were seen and shown in the stands at one point that I think had a few Nazi... uh, A few Nazi symbols going on. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, the the idea that they have the Hell's Angels as boosters now is a little strange. Yeah, right. (laughs) They're playing security guard for the Rolling Stones. Um... (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's why i i think that you know for me to have like you know uh a a movie like this that is so the jokes are meant to be so exacerbated and the language is so badly that throwing in that kind of nazi paraphernalia i felt like was was pretty hammy and just pretty like hacky you know and I, i i there's Watching this movie, the more I watch it, the less I like it, uh, just because of how fucking knuckle-draggingly stupid it is. Um, it, it's amazing to me this was written by a woman. I'm going to say mm-hmm. that. Because if if I'd just seen the movie, mm-hmm. like, homophobia, a less than stellar view of women's sexuality, a less than stellar view of women's... Um, uh agency with their bodies and their sexuality to not be defined by their husband as being mm. a viable person or not there's a lot of weirdness with this this lady also wrote coming home which is i know yep. very depressing yeah um <laughs> one of one of bruce had, dern's best movies it's weird it's a, it's an honest to god weird thing and like she wrote it about her brother but then there's a lady in the movie who's who is nancy dowd but it's not the writer nancy dowd it's her brother's wife that's in the movie <laughs> playing a character a lot of Susie Kurtz is one of the wives too I thought I was fucking I, I, I was first catch I got that the last credit like Susie Kurtz was, oh that's right it is fucking Susie Kurtz fucking I weird. mean the movie's stacked it's got like Emmett Walsh in the movie they got I know, Paul man. Dooley playing a part there's yeah. like 
any random it's almost like they went to it and they're like we're gonna have a bunch of hammy like casual actors that don't know how to act who are all hockey players so to make them look good we're gonna stick a bunch of quality actors in the movie next to them so that when the quality actor says something with like conviction it's fine to have random yahoo yelling some crazy shit in the background because you're like he's just a Mm. hockey player he doesn't matter he's a nutty yahoo in the background um, yeah, I, I mean, I, and also, I, I mean, not, not been part of the reason why Michael Antekin got the part of Ned Braden is because he used to play hockey in college. Um, you know, so okay. like that's the, like George Roy Hill's uh, metric for casting was very specific. <laughs> you know, if you can skate, <laughs> you're on. <laughs> yeah, it's either, it's either you so, can like, skate or you're a critically acclaimed actor. The only two options to be. And in that's this why movie. I, I think. I think this movie would have suffered greatly if they did not cast Paul Newman as Reggie Dunlop. It would have suffered greatly because part of having surrounding a whole team of non-actors and and yeah, surrounding them with quality actors to kind of, you know, kind of make up for it. You need somebody as giving as Paul Newman. You need somebody who's, you know, normal people can like look up to and who's not going to be a dick to them. Um, You know, I just can't picture Al Pacino not being a diva. Yeah, I mean, Paul Newman's always been kind of like the working class hero to a lot of people. Like, I think ever since, like, uh, for his whole career, like, uh, every part he famously a mensch. Yeah, the only thing in this movie that kind of pulled me out of it is I couldn't handle him drinking Schmitz. I was like, why doesn't he have a Coors? I know for a fact this man loves Coors Banquet. It's it's outstanding and upsetting that he's drinking a Schmitz. When, when you're out of slits, uh, you're out of beer, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's a couple. Uh, definitely the thing that took me out in regards to Paul New, when I mentioned this, I think briefly to you guys, there's a scene where one of the, I think the, Fre- the French, French-Canadian guy, uh, like they're, they're at a bar and there's a woman over there. And and uh, Paul Newman's like, you think I can get pick up that woman? And the guy's like, Oh, she won't even look at your face. And it's like, he's fucking Paul Newman, my man. <laughs> That's right. What are you talking about? What? What are you saying? This is the dumbest bet I've ever seen. It's fucking Paul Newman. She's going to see your blue eyes and she's going to go gross. Fuck off. Yeah, no. Yeah. God. I mean, I, I kind of bought it for the movie just because it's like, all right, these guys are just razzing each other, uh, but outside the movie, no, no. This and then is when, like, she, when he's successful, yeah. they're even like, joke's on you, that's his wife. Like, it doesn't matter. It's not like he needed a trick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, like, yeah. It's famously... you, you got my point, Zach. You got my point. Right. Paul Newman is too it's... handsome to play ugly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and you know what? It's but my favorite line that, that Paul Newman heard from Lee Strasberg was says, you're too handsome to be good. And, and Paul Newman <laughs> took that to heart. You know, he's like, damn, I'm, I'm just going to play the biggest assholes there ever were that I'm going to find them all and I'll play them. Um, I guess uh, I don't know him as an asshole. I just know him from this uh, Sundance and uh, Butch never Cassidy. never seen HUD? No, I haven't seen HUD yet. I haven't HUD's- seen Cool Hand Luke either. Uh, oh my god but uh i do remember him doing a great job in um perdition road to perdition road to perdition one of his yeah, last yeah. ones yeah yeah, yeah. daniel craig's daddy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah right and and <laughs> daniel craig's in that i forgot that's right that's right yeah yeah he yeah. plays a little fuck up <laughs> that's, that's right that's right yeah um yeah no that's why it it, it it's um his legacy of playing, you know, you go through even HUD, Harper, fucking, you know, FS Eddie Felson, Luke. I mean, even Butch Cassidy. It's not like he's a nice guy. I mean, he's a, he's, you're rooting for him, but he's, you know. Anti-hero. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so it, he liked playing roles like that. I More power to him. Um, and he was damn good at it. All right, guys, I think I've torched uh, you enough well, with. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to say briefly. In terms of accolades, uh, I'd be remiss not to mention some of the some of the some of the high praise this movie got uh, in 1998. It was number one on Maxim's best movies for guys list. So the number one movie for your guys, you having a guys' night? Can't be Pete. <laughs> number one is Slapshot. What a weird list it was. I did look it up. Number two okay. was um, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which is a wildly different tone. Yeah. 
Boy, it's like, like an these hour so longer. Much, it seems like things that are acceptable for guys to claim they like, not mm. movies that guys actually like. I'm gonna guess Jaws is on that list. Let me do a quick. Uh, let me do a quick. Uh, uh, Control F on this thing. Hold on. I don't think Jaws is on here. I don't think That's Jaws is on here. Die Hard's got to be on there, right? Die Hard is six. Okay. okay yeah. Yep. Speed on there. Speed. I don't see speed either. I hmm. guess they weren't aware of speed being badass yet that's fine maybe it was too new i mean mm. didn't speed come out in like no it was 98 yeah, okay so this came out in 98 so speed was out but it was only a year or two old yeah oh, they're okay. gonna hold yeah it's yeah they, they've got a uh you know uh shelf life before they can start getting on the yeah list. they're not a yeah, they're not yeah. a guy's classic for a couple of years pulp fiction's on here but i think that might be the most recent yeah you know. and even that i i kind of would say that's that's kind of disqualified it's it's only a couple years old um yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, but even when it came out, critics hated it. I mean, Gene Siskel, I think, famously like kind of did a mea culpa where he said, "All right, it's not that bad." Um, but he, when it first came out, he fucking hated it. But then he, he watched it again. Shot? Apparently, he, he hated it, and then he like watched it again and said, "Like, I changed my mind. It is kind of funny." Um, Paul Newman's great. You know, d d that's what I read on the Wikipedia page, at least. Um, but yeah, Pauline Kale didn't care for it. Like nobody, and it didn't even do that well at the box office. Like it didn't even make it barely broke even. That's weird because wow. it seems like it has become so popular with hockey fans. You think it's just because True. it's a cult movie? They're desperate for whatever crumbs that's, they can exactly. find. <laughs> Precisely. That's my point, folks. That's my point. So yes, please. If 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 some other like director could get a decent fucking hockey movie we get a rocky for horror movie uh, for, for hockey movies that would be great but the thing about hockey is that it's not really that kind of game it's not really that kind of story baseball is the best about it because it's literally one guy versus one yeah. guy baseball's every very, time i think baseball is very cinematic i think it translates the best to sure. cinema boxing is probably yeah. boxing and baseball i would say are the best sports to yeah. translate into and, and racing too you could do any racing thing and that'll that'll be okay too yeah you have um, a lot of hockey's a different game you know like too but not so much hockey yeah sure. yeah but i, I still think football just because of the way the game is played the it's faster it's harder to convey some of the action i think that there's like this i don't know i, I saw there's a video essayist named patrick willems who has a whole video essay about why he believes uh baseball is by far the best cinematic sport and the reasons for it and it's quite well argued if you have a little time to like look into it i uh, i would recommend it I, I think it's All just right. by by the nature of the game itself, it's yeah. it's the easiest. And in fact, it might be relevant at some point in the future. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, and that's again, I, I think because hockey is such a hockey itself is such a niche market in the United States, and Slapshot kind of reflects that kind of us against the world sort of mentality. So that's why I think it's really kind of latched on in the whole time. I'll go ahead. I'll just wrap up on my final thoughts because I'll go on and on about this stupid fucking movie because I love it, but I, I don't make any uh, apologies for it. You know, like I, I can't, I, I mean, like I, I'm not in the business of defending this movie because there's, it, I can't defend it, but I love it because it's stupid and Paul Newman's great. And I'm a big fan of hockey. The, the hockey parts of the movie are quite fun and thrilling for 1977 you know like even though you could tell it's just a guy skating backwards it still conveys that kind of you're on you're in the action and it's 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 cool and and fun um you've got to give credit to um george roy hill for you know corralling enough of a main actor in paul newman but then the side characters of strother martin uh to kind of elevate the non-actors in it because George Roy Hill doesn't really this he's never really done a movie like this before or since you know like and it's it's kind of even a step down for him considering this is kind of right after like Butch Cassidy and and the Sting and stuff you know like it's it's just kind of a weird movie in his filmography because I've never seen anything him come close to doing anything like this so uh, yeah, you know, I I, I, I kind of picked this movie as more or less a lark on me just because it was easier. I think in retrospect, I probably would have gone with Goon or, um, uh, I don't know, some other movie, maybe Youngblood, just because I've never seen it with Keanu Reeves. But uh, I thought I'd go with this because we haven't watched a Paul Newman movie yet, and uh, he's awesome. So if you walk away with nothing from this, from this podcast, Paul Newman is awesome. All right. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, jump into the ice myself, I guess. I don't know if you jump into it, but um, 
basically, uh, I thought this was fine. It's not um, different from what I remembered the first time we watched it. Um, I was surprised by suddenly realizing just how much homophobia was in it. But, you know, it still had scenes in it that I kind of remember being impressed by years ago when we watched this. Um, like the fact <laughs> that uh, uh, before you realize why Paul Newman is doing his gross thing with sleeping with a guy's wife and then throwing it at him like a grenade during the game. For that brief period of time when you're just like, oh, he's cool with the fact that this lady is somewhat more libertine in the 70s. I appreciated that without it being an immediate, oh my God, you're a freak. Uh, that said, parts of this movie really don't age too well. Um, I appreciate it for what it was at the time. I don't know if I'll watch this again. <laughs> um, yeah, this is my number one guy's movie of all time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I... I um, Okay, I thought it was just things. It was a, it was a fine watching experience. Like, there's a few funny. There's some moments that were pretty that were funny. I like like the, you know, the jokes that were like uh, the part where the 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 referee starts yelling at him before the game starts, and he's like, "I'm listening." To I'm trying to song. listen to fucking like song. that's a decent joke. That's a pretty good joke. Um, and uh, Paul Newman is always very charismatic, like eternally so. Um, that said, um. Yeah, there's a lot of homophobia in here. And also, I, I don't give a shit about hockey. So, like, I'm just not going to have that, like, you know, like, finally a movie for me. Like, it ain't for me. <laughs> I ain't, ain't, ain't for me. So, um, I don't know. I don't think I. it was okay to watch. I, I, I probably won't watch it again either. Uh, unless in 10 years we have another podcast and Russell's like, <laughs> let's watch Slapshot again. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be the, uh, it'll go from being film concussion to movie trap to movie old folks home. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll get more familiar with Reggie's struggles real quickly. Um, oh, God. Yeah, he's cool. closer to my age than anybody else in the movie. Oh, man. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Um, all right, well, that was fun uh, and, and kind of funny. It, it's got some funny moments, I guess, like the whole, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's less funny than I remember it being. Um, anyhow, uh, before we get into our, our next, uh, adventure, or shall we say, uh, a period or whatever, inning or, 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 or quarter or whatever, um, yeah, round, I'm trying to name all the sports I can. Um, so quick rundown of the points, uh, Chris Boroff, you have two bonus points for giving out and 10 points for vinyl voting. Um, I have two points for bonus points and 10 points for final voting. Zach, you have all three of your bonus points, but you now have 12 points for final voting. One stingy during the first episode of a round. Right, yeah. But uh, you still managed to put them away because you got a point with me because uh, making the point about how this movie wanting to have it both ways about critiquing violence while shoving it in your face and then from Chris for noticing how handsome Paul Newman is. Um, it's a solid so, thing to Zach, give someone a point for. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. It's pretty much an evergreen thing to say. Um, so, Zach, uh, what have you got for your sports movie? Uh, yeah, so uh, my choice is going... Uh, one of the classic things I also always do is uh, picks that I have never seen. I like to pick movies that I have never experienced. Uh, every once in a while, I'll pick a favorite or or, or something that just strike, speaks to me for whatever reason. This is going to be gonna be another blind one for me. It's almost the movie I picked for our, uh, like, famous movies you haven't seen before round. Like, it came pretty close to being my choice for that. But I'm glad I saved it because it works perfectly here. And I don't have a lot of sports movies that I'm interested in, to be honest with you. So uh, it is going to be a league of their own. I already had it written down. I kind of figured. Uh, Long time listeners would probably pick. pick up on that clue. Yeah, it is a good pick. Um, much, much less uh, problematic. <laughs> it has its own quirks. We can get into it, though. It does sure. have its own quirks. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Uh, there are some sure, toxic but... work environment issues that occur in that film. For sure. But it's so lovable. Um, yeah, well, I mean, honestly, that's why I picked the sports theme, guys, because I know you guys are just sports fanatics and just uh, can't get enough sports. <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. So that's why I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I picked the theme. 
Yeah, I'm wearing uh, a okay. sports shirt today just for that. Yeah, see, yeah. I'm wearing. Uh, this is a shout out to the Puck Podcast. I've been listening to them for a decade. Yeah, during the Halloween right episodes, right. I had a different horror movie shirt, and now I'm wearing uh, a Stephen King shirt again. Yep. So here yep. we are. <laughs> yeah, right. well, I'm wearing I'm wearing my Mandy shirt, which I think was for whatever sports team he was into in that movie, because it's a baseball shirt, and I'm assuming this can't possibly just be a random shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna guess, based off the shirt, for the listeners at home, that they were called the Zebras. <laughs> Bingo. Great. Perfect. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, this has been fun. Uh, join us next time for Zach's pick of a league of their own. And uh, thanks for listening. And a big shout out. If you've noticed, uh, we have some new logos. Big shout out to Josh Hollis for coming up with this very cool new logo for us. We're, we're beyond just the basic type font. We're elevating slowly. Um, Thank so you, Josh. Yeah, we, big uh, shout now out have to him. Something that looks great, as opposed yeah. to what I made, which just looked present. <laughs> it, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. It was certainly there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, big shout out to him. Uh, tune into us next time for a league of their own. Uh, I've been Russell Carlson, and this has been Chris Boroff. I hate it. Turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Zach Powers. Uh, a slur. A slur. There you go. All right. Old time hockey. Eddie Shore. It's on Eddie Shore. All right. And join us next time. And as we always say here on the movie trap, Diane Ladd is too young to play Chevy Chase's mom. It's the movie trap promise. Stop that! That's disgusting! I protest! Protest! Protest my ass! Oh, I'm certainly glad Mrs. Carr isn't here tonight because this is a, a certainly a, a lascivious display. Thank you.